Yes team, how are we? Welcome back to another episode of the High Performance Coach Podcast. I hope that you are well. In the last couple of podcast episodes, I shared my biggest personal coaching and business lessons uh, thus far over the course of 2023. And I hope that you've been able to uh, just go away and put pen to paper and just distill down uh, what have been some of your biggest lessons and giving you the opportunity to now be able to go and critically reflect, self-assess and strategically plan so you can now start to understand what are the pieces uh, of the chessboard that you now know that you need to move going into Q2 that's now going to allow you to iterate, evolve, develop, and improve. And today we're going to actually stay on a very similar theme and we're going to start to explore uh, the realms of leadership. And I think it's really important to note that this is not me now communicating over the course of the next 20, 30 minutes of uh, how much of a great leader that I am because um, I personally believe that's not for me to decide. Uh, that is for the people that are around me, uh, my coaching team, our clients, uh, and of course, like close friends and family. That is uh, their interpretation of me as a leader. And it's ultimately now going to come down to uh, their opinion and whether they now deem and see me as a leader uh, rather than actually for me to be able to say, yep, yeah, this is now fundamentally me. So this is not going to be uh, me communicating um, like this is what I now believe like incredible leadership is. Um, this is just going to be really just starting to understand, obviously, the different realms and facets of leadership, uh, some of the biggest challenges that I now feel as though that I faced, some key core principles, uh, and then also the opportunity to now be able to go through a little bit of a leadership matrix uh, so we can start to look at some of the key core considerations uh, that I believe make up uh, a good leader from which we can then obviously start to build upon. So first thing that I actually want to get you to really think about is what does good leadership actually mean to you? Like what and how would you describe a leader? And to build upon that, I also want you to be able to think about a time whereby you felt as though that you have been led incredibly well. What was it about that individual? What did they do? How did they make you feel? What did they say? How did they communicate? And what was it about them that allowed them to create a container, an environment, a connection and a relationship with you that allowed you to get the very best out of yourself? And how did they behave within themselves? And on the flip side of that, I also want to think about a time whereby you don't feel as though you've been led incredibly well, where there was potentially a little bit of conflict, there was a clash, it actually didn't align and actually um, you maybe didn't respect value their leadership qualities and therefore obviously that led to a breakdown and I think it's powerful that we actually reflect back and realize that you will have been um, obviously in these situations I believe in so many different realms and in so many different ways if I now look back uh, like the big thing for me was actually looking at obviously my football managers that I've had over the course of the 20 or so years that I've now played there were some managers that um, were incredible incredible leaders um, and there were some managers that I played under that I just felt as though they operated from this space in this place of command and control. Um, I don't really feel as though that they were able to communicate with me and all the team and they weren't really able to get that buy-in. Um, and they really struggled. And it's really powerful to actually reflect and understand, well, why is that? What was it about that that didn't work or did work? Um, and I think if you can do the same, it allows you to then trait jack and start to understand because... These are going to be some of the biggest and the greatest lessons that you can start to obviously um, compartmentalize and start to look at, which will obviously now shape and mold more of what you do want to be and less of what you don't want to be. And there are so many differing styles of leadership and there's no like inherently this is the right way, but it's about understanding um, you 
on an even deeper level. And then also then looking at, okay, who is it that I'm now working alongside? Um, and from a leadership perspective, how can I now get the very best out of those, those individuals and what is it I now need to put into play, uh, which is now going to come down to obviously you climbing your own mountain, but then also climbing the mountain of um, how do I create the environment, the container that's now going to allow me to get the very, very best out of the people that I'm around. The second thing I want to think about is what's the hardest thing that you find about leadership? Because I believe that everybody is a leader. Um, and if you're listening to this, uh, you, in my opinion, are growth minded. Uh, you have aspirations to be able to now have a bigger and a greater uh, impact. Um, I believe that uh, many will obviously value um, self-mastery and will want to now be able to continue to um, influence on a larger scale. And in doing so, you'll have people that will now be looking up to you. You may potentially obviously have a team around you and you'll have a whole host of differing roles and responsibilities. And um, the further the mountain that you climb, the thinner the air and the um, smaller the paths. Therefore, it means that there's less people up there for you to now be able to necessarily connect, communicate um, with, and therefore, obviously, um, it can become quite difficult because you can get stuck in your own head, especially when you feel as though you've got so many people looking up to you. So what is it right now that you actually find hard and or challenging about um, being a leader at this present moment in time? And again, this isn't about understanding this is great, this is bad. It's just giving yourself the space to be able to recognize, realize, and appreciate, right? Okay, this is where I am. This is how I feel. Uh, these are the traits, I believe, of a good leader based upon what I've experienced. Um, and that's going to now allow you to use, again, those lessons, those experiences to your advantage, which is going to be absolutely huge. So if I look at some of my biggest mistakes that I've now made, and uh, this could actually be a podcast episode in itself, uh, but I'll just distill it down into a couple of um, key points. Number one, uh, I feel as though for, for so long I lacked so much authenticity. I um, didn't necessarily want to have an opinion. I didn't necessarily actually want allow. Uh, didn't necessarily want uh, to allow myself the opportunity to now be to step into myself. I felt as though that I had to be somebody that I wasn't to try and people please, to try and actually fit in, to try and get people to now like me. And therefore, I was basically questioning my every single move. I didn't back myself. I didn't have the confidence. I didn't have the courage within myself. Um, and ultimately, I had to leave myself to be able to now find myself because I spent so much time trying to be somebody that I wasn't. Therefore, I was basically uh, disconnecting with oneself, which obviously then led to a barrier being up, which then stopped me from being able to really connect on the highest level with my people. Um, and therefore, obviously, that had a huge impact in terms of trust, connection, which I now believe is at the forefront of absolutely everything. Um, because simply enough, I was afraid of not being liked. I felt as though that I was an imposter. I felt as though um, I was afraid of being judged. Um, I felt as though that I wasn't worthy. I wasn't good enough. And therefore, the easiest way for me to now be able to protect myself was to be able to leave myself, which was, this is basically who I now uh, want to show the world that I am. Um, because that way, obviously, in doing so, it kept me safe. But in actual fact, that drained me of energy and stopped me from being able to really um, do and behave in accordance with Joe and also allow myself the opportunity to be actually able to become even more vulnerable and realize and recognize that my incredible clients and incredible coaching team that I had at the time um, actually needed Joe exactly as he was today. They needed the vulnerability. They actually needed the I don't know. Um, and they needed me not to actually have all of the answers, but I felt as though that if I didn't have the answers, that was weak. If I felt as though that I had to ask for help, that was weak. Um, I felt as though that if I wasn't always leading from the front and smashing it and crushing it and dominating and doing incredibly well, then people wouldn't want to work with me because um, I didn't have all my shit figured out. And therefore, obviously, that led to me basically just burning out um, and feeling lost, lonely and 
questioning my absolute kind of entire identity, which feeds quite nicely onto point two, which was I then basically tried to do absolutely everything by myself because in doing so, I operated from this command and control rather than this trust and inspire. Um, and I then basically spent all this time basically just trying to go around, trying to fix and solve absolutely everything. I had a real challenge with delegating because I felt as though in my mind it was easier to do it myself or it was quicker to do it myself. And it didn't necessarily give the trust to others um, and therefore, obviously, that led to me becoming a busy fool. Um, and there's a difference between trying to be busy and then um, literally just running around like a headless chicken um, and being completely burnt out um, and doing everything to a mediocre standard and or to a poor level. So trying to do absolutely everything by myself and just thinking that nobody could do it better than me um, was my ego fundamentally getting myself in the way um, and stopping me from actually now being able to really progress. And then thirdly, um, I think it's about just trying to manage uh, and balance how much time you spend um, in the center of the pitch with, with the referee's whistle um, in hand and how much time you spend on the sideline. I actually uh, took this from Sir Alex Ferguson or actually we had a really, really powerful conversation with um, Jen, who I'm going to be getting on the podcast very soon, our head of high performance coaching. And she basically was communicating on the way down to um, our client event that we ran in Manchester, which wasn't in Manchester on Wednesday, just the power and the differentiation between operational and strategic leadership. How much time I'm currently spending on the dance floor and how much time I'm currently spending on the balcony overlooking the dance floor. And exactly the same Sir Alex Ferguson described it as spending time, obviously, being in the middle of the, cent uh, the center circle with the, ref with the whistle in hand during a training game in comparison to actually now being stood on the sideline. And then just trying to understand and look at, right, okay, um, sometimes you can't hit what you can't see. You don't know what you don't know. And if everything's so close up and you're trying to, again, do absolutely everything, uh, you don't have the opportunity to actually now be able to really start to look at how can I get the very best out of my people? How can I now support them to an even greater capacity? Because it takes that bird's eye view approach. It takes that capacity to now be able to take a step away so that you can now start to understand what are the, uh, what are the plays that I now know that I need to make so I can now start to think differently. And that requires a completely different level of energy. That requires a completely different level of um, discipline and requires a completely different skill set. Because when you're so used to doing, you're so used to um, fixing, solving, um, and just now being in the thick of it, being in the mixer, being in the center circle, um, you normalize that. Whereas actually when you have to now be able to almost start to take a step back and understand where do I need to be strategic, um, you're not necessarily as, in inverted commas, busy. Um, you're not necessarily putting out as many fires. And in doing so, then that actually can now lead to, am I working hard enough? Am I doing enough just now? Uh, am I worthy of, insert whatever success metric? And for me, it was just about recognizing, right, okay, as I grow and as I evolve and as um, we grow as a coaching company, it's about recognizing and realizing, right, okay, from a leadership perspective, where do I need to develop and evolve? Where do I need to spend more time, more effort, and more energy? Where do I need to provide more autonomy? And how do I then spend more time actually really just starting to look at how can I provide an even better platform for the people that are obviously stood to the right and left uh, with us? Because... Ultimately, if I'm literally stood in the thick of it with them, well, most importantly, I'm then unable to see because uh, the closer the closer that you stand, um, 
the less of a perspective you have in terms of what's now really going on and it's your ability to now be more proactive um, instead of now reactive, which is going to be so integral, obviously, as a leader. Does that now mean that you're not coaching or doing all these things? Absolutely not. But it's about understanding just the differentiation between how much am I working in, how much am I working on? If you have a team, it's like how much um, of a platform am I actually now giving them to be able to develop as an example? And again, this could be a whole new podcast episode um, in its its entire uh, uh, entity. So let's have a look at five leadership principles. Number one, uh, this is the first one that I took from Eddie Jones and I absolutely love this because it really allowed me just to understand just the leadership cycle that I believe that we all go through. And whether you're now looking at the Olympics, whether you're now looking at any football team or whether you're now looking at any kind of organization, I believe that every single um, team uh, will now go through this or individuals. And in this, we recognize and realize that the scenes of the cycles are now going to differ. But I would love to know whether actually this now resonates and radiates to you. And that is number one, you create a vision. You create a vision in terms of what you're now looking to build, what you're looking to create, where you now want to be, uh, and what is that fundamentally North Star that you're now working towards. You then spend time obviously starting to put the foundations and the building blocks in place. From a coaching perspective, that now might be uh, really just starting to get clear of your marketing, really get clear of your messaging, understanding your niche, um, and now being able to really just start to put the basic systems in place. You then start to experiment. You know, you start to chop, change, iterate, add, adapt, um, and just uh, adjust based upon obviously what you're now seeing that's working incredibly well, that isn't necessarily working as incredibly, isn't necessarily working well. You then win, you gain some success, you overcome challenges, you overcome hardship, you overcome some setbacks and uh, and some barriers that were potentially put up um, in front of you. And then you get to a point where it's like, okay, now what? Now, where do I go? And again, I've spoken about this in this regeneration phase uh, podcast episode that I did a little while ago. That also might be, you know, in terms of um, uh, business perspective, a potential financial target or metric that may be hit. Might be a contract that may potentially get won. In a sporting realm, it might be uh, winning an Olympic medal. It might be obviously now winning a certain title. And then once you've done that, it's then about looking at, okay, how do I then destroy and rebuild and iterate so that I can now uh, continue to develop and grow? Because if you're not now developing and growing and actually rebuilding, you're ultimately, I believe, going to be decaying because you have to evolve and grow um, because if you're not and you're not improving, you're not getting better, then you're ultimately going to fall behind. So the leadership cycle, you create a vision, you then build upon that vision based upon obviously what are the foundations and the pieces of the puzzle that I need to put in place. You experiment, you start to see what's working well, what's not necessarily working well um, with your systems, with your marketing, with your messaging, with your, all those different things. Uh, you then win, you gain some success and also you have challenges and failures that you are then able to overcome, you're able to then learn from. You then ultimately get to where you now um, expected or wanted to be um, and then all of a sudden you have to now destroy, rebuild and recreate that vision in terms of that next journey that you're now going on. And I thought that was really, really powerful for me. And that just allowed me to recognize and realize that it's normal to go through these seasons and cycles and organizations are always now going to go through organizational change. And in doing so, there are different um, pieces of the puzzle that then need to be taken into consideration. And it's just completely normal to have these challenges. Um, and ultimately, the further you climb, the bigger and the greater the challenges. And then it's about understanding what is it that I now need to leave behind? Where do I need to um, iterate? And what is it that I now need to explore even more so because old keys don't unlock new doors? Number two, knowing you're not stuck. Knowing what am I now doing this for? And I think there's a whole host of um, 
differing opinions on like finding your purpose, having a vision, etc. And that's again, not something that I'm going to go into today, but it's about you recognizing and realizing what am I doing all this for? Why is this now important to me? Why do I now do what I do? What is this kind of um, North Star vision, passion, purpose that I'm now uh, getting out of bed for? And how can I now communicate and convey that in a way that actually will now allow me to bring people that have a similar perspective, obviously, towards me? Because we all need um, belonging. I believe a shared purpose. We need to have um, people around us. Um, but most importantly, it's about then just actually having something to aim for. And that will change and that will evolve over time. But it's about being able to communicate and convey that uh, which I believe obviously starts with the leader. It starts with you first and foremost. Uh, and then obviously we'll then start to kind of um, filter down into the people. And actually then um, it's more of a collective mission that you're now working towards. Number three, the more valuable you are, the more value you add to the marketplace. You are fundamentally uh, the linchpin. Your people that are around you are limited to how good they can be based upon how good that you are. And the more valuable you can now become by A, obviously learning, developing and growing um, by going through certain experiences yourself and or leveraging from others is gonna be one of and the most, I believe, powerful way for you to now be able to become even more valuable in the marketplace. So starting to look at, okay, from a leadership perspective, um, you don't need to have all the answers. You don't need to have all of the skill sets um, you need to look at, right, okay, where are my skill sets where I now believe that I can add the greatest amount of value um, that I enjoy? And then off the back of that, as you grow and evolve, you'll then start to delegate other aspects and other components that actually aren't within your field of excellence. But um, in order for you to now be able to really have a huge impact, you need to become more valuable in the marketplace because that's where you're going to have the greatest impact, get paid the most, and there as a, as a byproduct, continue to now reinvest uh, which is going to be integral for obviously the growth and the opportunity of then the people around you. Number four, if you're up and down, your business would be up and down. And again, this comes back down to obviously this uh, emotional regulation, emotional control, starting to um, understand um, how I can now put the anchor points in place for me to be able to gain the perspective that I now need to so I'm not consistently um, operating from this space in this place of emotion because when emotion is high, logic is low. That means that we make decisions within the moment that actually not, aren't necessarily aligned. And that now comes back down to having an incredible um, team of people around you. Having people that you trust, being able to have the things that you now do that allow you to obviously shift and move emotion which will then allow you uh, to not necessarily make decisions in the heat of the moment and also now being able to actually have a clear um, like decision-making process. So if you're up and down, your business is gonna be up and down, which is why it then comes back down to the better you are, the better everything else is, because fundamentally it's going to be you that is now going to be um, the figurehead, the lighthouse and the very individual, um, especially um, when you're running a coaching business that's gonna make so many of the decisions. And that's where you need to have absolute crystal clear clarity um, and ensure that the decisions that you're now making are aligned to you and what you really want and the values are in the best interest of you and the company and your coaching clients. Um, and we're not now getting caught up in the shiny objects and they're getting caught up in the micro, the short term, because of potentially a small bit of volatility, which then actually impacts um, your capacity to be able to have patience and delay gratification because you're playing a longer term game. And finally for me, are you operating from uh, command and control or are you operating from trust and inspire? And I believe that there has been a real huge shift 
um, in the thought process around kind of leadership over um, the last little while. And a huge um, focus that we really place um, a lot of emphasis on is this trust and inspire, to be able to empower, to be able to now create a container when you build the relationships, the rapport uh, with individuals that actually allows them to actually um, have autonomy in their decision making. Um, and you're inspiring and empowering them uh, to be able to have the confidence within themselves to be able to get the best out of themselves, which then obviously uh, is reciprocated because ultimately you're only as good as the people to the left and or to the right of you. Now, command and control can certainly work in some environments, can certainly work in some circumstances. And again, different people respond to different things. And that's why I communicated there's no necessary, there's no uh, right way necessarily, but it's understanding, right, okay, where is the person? Um, and how do I now ensure from a leadership perspective, I'm adapting and adjusting uh, my leadership style to potentially be able to get the very best out of the person or the people um, and all the, the um, place that I'm now currently operating within. So am I now currently working from command and control or am I now currently operating from trust and inspire? And Stephen Covey's got an incredible book um, on this uh, exact topic, which I highly recommend that you check out. And a little sprucey bonus, that your culture will only ever be as strong as the behaviors of your leader. And culture actually now comes back down to how you do things. Culture comes back down to how you do things. So if you're struggling to go and understand, right, okay, like what actually is my culture? Um, go and ask some of your clients and just basically communicate with them. Like, how do we do things around here? And in doing so, you'll then start to gain a greater degree of understanding in terms of actually, um, like what actually is your culture at this moment in time. And that will allow you then to gain clarity around actually, am I, and are we now behaving in alignment with what it is that we now want to do? Or are there some pieces that I now need to adapt, adjust and pivot on um, in order for us to now be able to change course, course, which is going to be absolutely huge. Because again, we have a perspective, uh, we have a narrative, we have a bias that we now look through. So understanding that your culture is how you do things, which starts with the behavior of the leader, is going to be integral, but then as it starts to filter down, as obviously your people start to grow, it's then really just starting to understand yeah, what is actually the culture and how are we currently doing things within this container, which is going to be so incredible and integral, but ultimately you are going to be the person that now starts that and how you behave and how you operate and how you communicate and how you convey, um, how open you are is going to ultimately dictate and influence, um, I believe then obviously the container that you're able to facilitate an issue. So let's shift gears. And I'm gonna go through a leadership matrix that I believe um, will be powerful for you uh, to understand, right, okay, where am I surviving, where am I thriving, or where am I neutral right now? And again, this could be um, even bigger, could be even greater, and there's, I'm sure, plenty of things that I've now missed um, and or haven't taken into consideration. But I think this is a beautiful place just to start, um, and then obviously allows you the opportunity to understand, right, okay, this is where I can start to place more focus, more energy and or more intention. Or actually, do you know what? I'm doing a far better job than I than I may potentially gave myself credit for, which can actually be really, really powerful for just reaffirming, obviously, that confidence and that certainty within yourself. So first and foremost, if we look at effective communication, right now, how well do you believe that you communicate? And again, just to give you a little um, rating, green, amber, red. We also have whenever I communicate or whenever I do any of these with our kind of high performance coaches, we have like Gramba or Ramba um, because they believe that they're currently in between. So you may potentially be the same, 
But how well do you communicate? How well do you communicate with yourself? How well do you communicate with the people around you? And then what I want you to think about is actually how have you been able to determine that score, that rating? What makes you say green, amber, red? What is the data that you're now currently using that now suggests that that's exactly where you are at this moment in time? Number two, where's your personal effectiveness? Where are you currently spending your time, effort and energy? Are you currently spending your time, effort and energy doing the things that are now actually going to be moving the needle for you? Are you currently spending your time, effort and energy on tasks and on things that are now going to have the greatest impact and the greatest influence? Or right now, are you quite ineffective? Things are taking you twice, three, four, five times as long. You're getting distracted. You're spending time on low-level tasks that actually aren't necessarily moving the needle. You're fighting fires constantly and you're unable to actually take yourself off the dance floor outside of the uh, center, center circle on the football pitch and stand on the sidelines to be able to now gain a greater perspective in terms of where you're going and where you now need to be placing your effort and your energy um, in order for you to now be able to yield the greatest ROI. So how effective are you on a personal level right now with regards to where you're currently spending your effort, your energy, and also your time? And again, what makes you say that score and why? Which will give you the opportunity to now be able to explore and build upon because um, I believe that again, like there's no like this is great and this is bad. Yes, there's obviously going to be considerations that need to be made, but most important now comes back down to you uh, and what you now believe um, fundamentally. Number three. How well do you believe you can influence, you can persuade, and you can negotiate? Are you able to go from conflict? Because we now know that everything that we do in life is a negotiation, whether that's now with your partner, uh, whether that's now somebody's on the gym kit, whether that's now with the kids, whether that's now with clients. Everybody has their own agenda. Everybody has their own bias. Everybody has their own, um, this is what I need out of this. Exactly the same as if you were to walk into a car sales room. Uh, you now know that that salesperson has a certain target, a certain quota, and a certain criteria that they've got to meet. You've also got a budget and you've also got something that you now fundamentally need. Um, and you're both um, obviously trying to communicate uh, and you're both trying to come to a degree of fair exchange. And in doing so, what can quite often happen is you can now create conflict um, you can um, basically create um, an environment which actually isn't now conducive and instead of it now being a win-win, it ends up being a lose-lose. But how can we now go from uh, clashing heads to working together? And that now comes back down to really understanding, right, okay, how can I com communicate effectively? Going into every single conversation, what are they looking for? What do they need? How can I communicate openly in terms of understanding their needs? And in doing so, then how can you um, ultimately influence and persuade and negotiate um, in a way that allows you to make it from a lose-lose or a win-lose to a win-win, which in doing so keeps and maintains um, integrity, also allows you to build longer-term relationships, um, and also for you allows you to probably get more of what you want um, and done in a way that feels morally and ethically correct for you. And again, I am going to be looking at getting uh, an incredible human being um, who I have so much love for onto the podcast moving forward to discuss this in a little bit more depth and a little bit more detail moving forward, uh, which is going to be incredibly powerful. Where are you with regards to your confidence in conflict? Again, this is probably one of my biggest um, challenges in the hard conversations, the difficult conversations, the uncomfortable conversations, because if I now go back I have uh, a fear of 
I had a fear of not being liked, never really fitting in, etc. And therefore, um, I fell into the trap of then just wanting to people please. And in doing so, that ultimately limited me from saying what needed to be said. Now, this has been something that I've been working on massively um, over the last year or two. But I know that from a leadership perspective, this is always something that I have struggled with. It has made me feel incredibly comfortable, which has told me this is exactly where I need to go. So how confident are you in conflict right now in terms of how you conduct yourself, in terms of how you regulate your emotions, in terms of how you now listen, how you are able to be respectful, but then also articulate and convey and get what it is that you now want to say across in a very, very potent and positive way, which also then comes back to the persuasion, influence and negotiation. And again, you're not always necessarily going to get a win-win, which is okay. But I think keeping dignity in check at all time is going to be so incredible and so integral in terms of you now having this kind of longer term infinite play. What about your team performance? And if you don't have a team right now, think about um, some of the people that you now know that you um, rely upon um, and that you now know that you collaborate with, maybe on a consultancy basis. Do you now have the power to now be able to get the very, very best out of others? Do you understand what it is that they're now looking for? Because every single person has uh, a different set of needs um, and has a different set of emotional concerns. And we all live within these bubbles. And within these bubbles, we see a world in a certain way. And therefore, as a leader, it's so powerful to understand what exactly is this individual now looking for? What do they now need? And how can I now fundamentally give them what they need so that we create a platform for them to be able to now get the very best out of themselves because they now feel safe? And when there's that psychological safety, that has a huge, huge, huge impact uh, on what you have the capacity and the power to then be able to really go and do. And that is the foundation from which everything else is built upon when you're trying to build a team. So if you're now looking at hiring a success coach, you're now looking at hiring um, somebody from a marketing perspective, or you're looking at any other kind of hire within obviously your coaching team, then understanding right now Okay, where are they? What are they now looking for? How do they see the world? What do they now really need? What do they value? And then how can you start to um, support them with that? And that comes back down to having a conversation. It comes back down to getting to know one another. That comes back down to asking the right questions. But in doing so, if you can get the very best out of the other people around you, you can provide them with the autonomy, you can provide them with the psychological safety and the trust, um, and then obviously the roadmap from which they can then build upon, they will be absolutely unbelievable, so integral, and then your output will be two times, three times, four times, ten times, which is going to be incredible, which brings us nicely up to delegation. How well do you delegate at this moment in time? Or are you currently operating from that, it'll only take me two minutes? Ah, oh, nobody can do it as well as me. Nobody understands. Or um, it's better if I just basically do it by myself because that's what I've always done and that's what's always worked for me. Or even this fear of actually now letting go relinquishing control and again that was a massive challenge for me because my ego fundamentally got in the way and also I just normalized being so busy and doing absolutely everything that as soon as I took a step back I then started to question myself um, and that actually had a huge impact for myself because I had space and then when I created that space I then just did more low-level work because I didn't have any other values and I didn't have clarity because I didn't have that strategic op uh, leadership opportunity to be able to see right okay what is it that I now know that I needed to do? So how well are you currently delegating? Are you now able to communicate, put the systems, uh, put the KPIs in place, um, and obviously then support that individual to the best of your capacity in order for you to now be able to come together as a collaborative and as a team, which is going to be huge. Do you have a process for decision-making? 
Is there logic behind your decision making? Because once again, every single day we have negotiation, every single day we have decisions to make. So you, do you have a clear set of um, questions and or uh, like critical thinking thought process that allows you to understand the decisions that you're making that are now going to either move you one step closer or one step further away? What are you now willing and open and okay with regretting? And how are you now able to um, filter the decisions that you have to make so that um, obviously you can become even more efficient and effective and you can keep the boat uh, moving faster, which is going to be uh, key when you're now looking to grow and evolve. So how well do you believe that you make decisions or do you currently ponder? Uh, do you potentially take too many opinions and therefore don't have clarity? And again, I think sometimes we have the fear because we have to take responsibility for the outcome. And what if the outcome isn't then what we want it to be? But it's then about understanding, well, what do I now need in terms of gathering and collating the data and the necessary, and then also then being able to have the people to the left and right of you to be able to now soundboard. And then most importantly, for you to then be able to take ownership and responsibility. And again, like this will happen as you start to develop and gain more lessons um, through experiences, which will allow you to have a bigger and a greater data set from which you can now build upon, which will then probably improve and increase uh, the speed of decision-making around certain things that you now do, uh, which will be absolutely huge for you, your um, emotional and energy bandwidth, um, and will allow you to move forward at a quicker rate. And what about your emotional intelligence? Understanding, obviously, one's emotions, understanding somebody else's emotions. And again, that is a whole uh, podcast for another day. And again, I believe that now comes back down to you being able to really start to inherently understand yourself, and being able to read a room, being able to um, necessarily like, uh, understand the person, listening to what they're saying, the facts, the throwaway comments, the body language, the nonverbal communication, just presented, whether that's now in person or even over Zoom. But just being able to do that is allowing you to then be able to start to understand somebody on an even higher level, which then it will ultimately impact uh, how you communicate, what you say. And also, more importantly, what you don't say. So if you have a look at those um, key points, where do you now believe you're surviving? Where do you now believe you're thriving? What do you believe you're doing incredibly well? And why do you believe you're doing incredibly well within that kind of little realm? Um, and where do you now feel as though that you need to kind of build and develop and enhance and improve as a leader? And again, being a leader isn't knowing it all, isn't having it all, isn't um, being able to solve it all. And again, there are so many differing ways of leadership. Um, and some of the very best leaders you don't even know exist. They're not the ones that are leading from the front. They're actually the ones that now lead from the fringes. They're the ones that maybe lead from the back. And differing rooms and differing environments require different leadership styles. But most importantly, it comes back down to how well do I now lead myself? which then comes back down to, am I stacking the odds in my favor that I am who I say that I am and do what I say that I do? Have I got the anchor points in place that are allowing me to be able to emotionally regulate um, and therefore um, make better quality decisions? And for us to be able to explore that, for us to be able to explore um, ourselves and now know that um, your impact is now gonna be limited to your own personal story. 
which means you've got to be able to, be able to go and do stuff yourself, which is going to be um, so integral, I believe, um, and balancing and managing, obviously, that, that difference between, obviously, the theory and the practical. So let's look at four key takeaways. I believe that your role as a leader is to now be able to develop and inspire other leaders. You have to first seek to understand and you've always got to assess the temperature of the room, which requires you to go onto the dance floor. It requires you to go uh, into the center of the uh, center of the pitch sometimes and understand what is now currently going on. What is the temperature uh, or what's currently being said? Which is going to be integral because that's going to be important because if you disconnect and disassociate yourself, um, you have an inability to then be able to become as relatable and then you don't necessarily know what's going on as well. Thirdly, this was so powerful for me. It was just appreciating and recognizing that people needed me exactly as I was today. Realizing that they didn't need me to have more experience. They didn't need me to have more qualifications. They didn't need me to have more answers. Uh, they don't need me to be in better shape, um, have work with more clients, insert whatever like other thought process that we tell ourselves um, that we need to develop, build and do. People need you exactly as you are today. And finally, who would you rather have in your corner? Would you rather have the individual in the corner that was all theory, um, that talked a good game, that hadn't really gone and done anything? Or would you want the individual that's actually maybe been through some challenge, been through some um, shit, sat in the mud for a little while, um, and is still learning and developing and evolving, but is very honest and very open and very transparent, but is also very um, inspirational in the same breath? because of what it is that they're now currently continually looking to pursue and do uh, and the relationship they have the capacity to then be able to build with themselves and then you. Do you want the person who, yeah, is all talk but no action or actually the person who's actually now going through this process um, and or has been through this process and therefore can increase the degree of relatability? Because I certainly know who I would much rather have stood standing to the left and also to the right of me. Um, and finally, for me, I believe that um, it fundamentally comes back down to the will, first and foremost. The skill can always now be taught, but it's now going to be the will of oneself um, that is always going to be the biggest and the most important uh, piece of the puzzle that I believe we need to have in play um, at the foundational level from which we can build upon. So I hope you've been able to take something from today. And if there is anything that's now stood out, as always, I would absolutely love to know. And I think this has got arms and legs. There are so many different aspects and key core considerations, stories, insights. Uh, there's so much kind of theory uh, around obviously kind of leadership that can be now taken into account, uh, organizational change, and just now starting to recognize and realize that uh, this is such a diverse topic. But today was just about covering some ground, creating a foundation, um, being able to open a couple of doors and then giving ourselves the capacity to understand how we can then go and explore. And I don't believe that there is a, this is, um, you know, the right way, or this is the path that you need to take. It's about just starting to understand oneself. Uh, and that's going to be the platform from which everything else then can be uh, branched out from. So as always, appreciate you if you've tuned in. Um, if you have, I would love to hear from you uh, with your biggest takeaway and or if you feel as though there is another coach um, that would massively benefit from this podcast episode, then I'd absolutely love it you to share it with them. Whatever you're up to, have an incredible morning, afternoon, evening. I love you all and I shall speak to you soon.